Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full-service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic. It's just honest. So if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health save for your free spend analysis. Outcomesrocket.health save. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Nathan Intrator. He's the co-founder and CEO at Neurosteer. Nathan has founded this company. He's on leave from Tel Aviv University, where he's a professor of computer science and neuroscience. He's an international scholar in neural computation, machine learning, and pattern recognition, with more than 140 referred scientific publications. He develops machine learning and signal processing methods for BCI, most notably for extensive information extraction from EEG electrodes. He's a past CEO of a publicly traded asthma management company and a founder of a sonar and biomedical signal processing company. A serial entrepreneur as well as a scholar, it's a true privilege to have you on the podcast, Nathan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So uh, tell me, Nathan, did I leave anything out in your intro that you want to share with the listeners today? That was quite an extensive one, uh, so I wouldn't say that you left anything. I would say that uh, the, my uh, current uh, concentration is really helping people. That's not in, the, in my uh, CV, but that's really the main focus of, in these days. That's the driver. Yeah. Love it. And the niche you guys are, are working in is... is is fascinating. Listeners, we're going to dive into the work that's being done at Neurosteer for brain health, clinical trials, and, and, and medical interventions. So stick with us here. But before we do dive into that, uh, I'd love to ask you, Nathan, what got you into healthcare to begin with? So my background is, as you said, mathematics and signal processing, but I was always fascinated by the brain. I actually started uh, that uh, on my PhD thesis. Because of this uh, signal processing background, uh, the first half of my academic career was devoted to try and understand how animals perform signal processing so beautifully. And so I was uh, analyzing uh, bats, dolphins, trying to figure out what's going on there. Why do they perform signal processing so much better than we can do? For example, their sonar is much better than our ultrasound. What was one of your main findings of that? I, I find sonar in animals so fascinating. What was your main takeaway from that? If you could summarize to like the one aha. Well, we could actually dive seriously into it. But the funny <laughs> yeah. part is that the theory of radar, which was then converted to sonar, was pretty much sealed in 1953 when the first journal of IEEE signal processing uh, was published. And the thousands of papers that were written after that 
kind of all supported that specific theory. That theory actually puts a limitation, a specific limitation, on the ability to actually estimate time and frequency together. Uh, that's called Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. And from measurements that we uh, were able to uh, put our hands on, it became clear that the dolphins are getting much better results. Now, obviously, they didn't read all these physics uh, and uh, electronics papers, <laughs> but obviously there was no way that, that they could break the physics uh, basic rules. Uh, and so that was fascinating to me to understand how do they do it better and what is it that we're missing. Mm-hmm. And obviously it was, you know, in one of the early assumptions of this whole thing. Wow. Uh, basically, they send a lot of pings and combine them together in a very smart way, uh, much smarter than we thought we could uh, we could do. The theory that I was talking about was based on a single ping. For a single ping, that's correct. That is so interesting. And um, I love that you um, visited this. And, uh, and it's a great reminder for everybody listening. And it's been a theme here in the last few podcasts that we've had is, is this, this idea that if you're going to make a difference and, and truly, truly push the envelope, you've got to question all assumptions, even the most core assumptions that could be in place. And, and, and this example by Nathan is, is, is definitely a, a case in point. Uh, so thanks for sharing that, Nathan. And so you, you took this brilliant focus in, in sonar and built a couple companies, but now you're, you started Neurosteer. I'd love if you could just tell us a little bit about that, your work there, and then the, the key item that you think needs to be on health leaders' agenda today. So we have uh, now in the 21st century, we have a monitor, and in many cases, a very small monitor for a lot of the organs in the body. For the main ones, if it is cardiorespiratory or uh, glucose or um, anything that's related to cardiorespiratory, which, which could be blood flow, blood pressure, uh, of course, cardiac activity. So we expect uh, to be monitored when we have problems with uh, those organs. But the most important and richest organ in terms of changes in activity is, of course, the brain. And we do not have any medical monitor for the brain uh, that is easy to use, uh, that is uh, portable, very small, and can really go with the patient everywhere something like the cardiac watch that uh, people are now using. And uh, that's a huge uh, problem. Huge mess, right? Because, uh, yeah, many cases, even in the healthy brain or kind of not uh, sick brain, let's call it, uh, things change very rapidly and it's very important to know that. Anxiety kicks in, attention goes down, etc. Fatigue, etc. And of course, in the more severe cases, after uh, traumatic brain injury, there's a series of events that are occurring that may cause more damage to the brain than the initial uh, brain injury, which happened during the car accident, etc. So yeah. it's extremely important to monitor continuously. And that's really what we are trying to uh, build in the company. Well, I think it's a really great uh, point that you're bringing up, Nathan. And I think it's fascinating, right? When you take a look at the, the landscape you're talking about, okay, physiological monitoring, brain monitoring, huge miss. And then when we take a look at the landscape of, of mental health, right? Finally, we're starting to catch up with taking care of folks, physical and mental health. So it's interesting how we totally like skipped over this, this uh, mechanism that we use to do all our thinking. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the key is what's called objective biomarkers. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes to the hospital and he says, well, I think I had a heart attack, then, you know, there are several tests that can be done if it is an enzyme test or uh, an echocardiogram that uh, provide actually full details 
of what happened, what's the damage, etc. Uh, when someone comes with a certain uh, brain uh, problem, uh, and you mentioned psychiatric, so someone says he's depressed, there's no simple objective biomarker, there's actually no objective biomarker that can provide any indication that a person is really depressed. And that, of course, uh, is, is unexpected in the 21st century. Yeah, it's incredible. So you guys are honed in. The device is 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 a sticker. I mean, it's 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 the thinness of a sticker. It it's placed easily. You get readings. It's cloud-based software. It works well. Give us an example of of how your company has created results or improved outcomes by doing things differently. Well, I'll tell you what what is the current uh, main focus. The elderly uh, population is going growing uh, rapidly as the expectancy of uh, life expectancy is going uh, forward. And as we are uh, really dealing with uh, other problems, for example, cardiac problems, and hopefully soon cancer uh, quite well. And so there's an exponential growth in elderly population. And uh, then uh, dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and all the neurodegenerative uh, disorders are becoming pretty much the biggest uh, issue. Mm -hmm. It is actually expected that in 2030, there will be about 70 million people with dementia. And in 2050, we're talking about 100 million, which is like a huge state uh, in, in our world. There's no solution yet, or there's no way to uh, avoid um, or repair dementia or Parkinson's. There's some way to reduce some of the symptoms. But those uh, diseases which develop um, along something like 20 years cannot be um, inverted very easily. If there's a way to detect very early that a deterioration is beginning, then, uh, of course, one can change lifestyle. One can actually change the slope of the development of the disease. And we find this fascinating and actually very, very helpful. In order to do that, one has to have a very inexpensive way to screen a large population, let's say the population of people above 65, or people with high risk, uh, and in, in some places, like in the north of Italy, it would actually be people uh, around the age of 45. Why is that? So I mean, why, why 45 there? They suffer from a certain genetic mutation. Is that right? Hmm. Which actually okay. starts uh, dementia, at a very uh, frontotemporal dementia hmm. at a very, very young age. Yes. wasn't aware of that. Not to get off on a, on a, on a, on a tangent there, but uh, very cool. Very interesting. Uh, so, so if, if we so could find these populations, right? It's yes. got to be inexpensive. Yes, because otherwise, you know, nobody will go into a functional MRI once a year if, let's say, functional MRI was the best way to detect changes. So we are fascinated to work on this uh, with uh, people actually in Italy and try to uh, provide a very inexpensive and simple way to screen. Actually, mm -hmm. the could be used at home. So uh, the idea of going to the clinic is another aspect that can be improved. I think this is fascinating. And you're right. The way that we do things in our health system, yeah. we take care of sick. And it's not really as much about, I mean, let's just be frank, it's not as much about prevention. I think more and more employers are starting to to want to help their employees be healthier Maybe that's a space that, that you know, you guys are tackling or, or working on. But I think these are some really great work that you guys are, 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 are starting to develop to, to help the broader populations. Tell us an example of, of a setback you had, Nathan, and, and maybe what you learned from that to make you guys better today. Well, we had many setbacks. Um, so if, if I'll go dive a little bit into the company, you know, so one uh, setback, uh, I would say, 
although the main novelty and the main uh, uh, real aspect of the company is is the algorithm, that the novelty in the algorithm that analyzes the brain uh, EEG signal. But in order to do uh, great work on the analysis, we also had to improve the electronics. And just improving the electronics is not enough. We also wanted it to be a consumer cost so that it can really be uh, used by uh, the mass. And this turned out to be a very challenging task. So to reduce cost, to reduce energy consumption, and uh, to obtain the most sensitive EEG that exists turns out to be uh, non-trivial. And... uh, we uh, find ourselves spending a lot of time, much more than expected, in uh, doing just that. So that's something that was unexpected and uh, certainly has to be addressed. So you guys are still working on that? Uh, we are working on that. We are improving it uh, all the time, but it just takes uh, longer than expected. Yeah. Well, you know, and your, and your goal is, is pretty audacious, right? I mean, you're, you're looking to, to sink the cost, keep the performance high. So, you know, the, the work that you're coming out with is great. So, you know, it's hitting the mark, but not your mark <laughs> yet. Yes, that's true. So uh, if I cannot share too many of my uh, dreams or uh, plans for the future, but uh, some people uh, look at me still and say, well, you haven't done enough. You haven't reached what you want. And I say, no, 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 I'm still having uh, some plans uh, for uh, improvements, <laughs> etc." Yeah, I guess uh, we are definitely uh, scratching the envelope of the latest uh, innovations in electronics and in, in signal processing and in uh, cloud uh, processing. And I believe that's the real way to, uh, to really stay ahead and uh, do uh, what we are trying to do in the best possible way. Yeah, no, I, I admire your focus and your drive to continue making it better. Uh, despite the fact that it, you know, it probably is already the best option out there. What would you say one of your proudest uh, experiences has been to date, whether it be with Neurosteer or, or the asthma company, the sonar company, in your whole work, your whole career? Well, I'll share with you something very, very personal that I never thought would happen. So um, at some point, uh, I uh, was recording uh, the brain activity of uh, a person who was five years in coma. And that person, when I saw him, there was no muscle moving in his face. Um, the eyes were just staring forward, not moving, uh, totally no no indication of uh, any uh, response. But when I put uh, the sensor on that person and we started to stimulate with the music, when, with his wife talking with him and uh, other stimulation, turned out that he was extremely responsive to scientific lectures. We saw amazing uh, brain response. We didn't believe it, but because the whole thing is real time, we could actually play it, but try it a few times and really get convinced that this is what happens. And that person that was not uh, treated with the right medications, I'm not going to go into the details, changed uh, the course of his, uh, uh, as a result of that, uh, his wife and family changed the course of his treatment and uh, uh, brought uh, people from uh, the village that uh, they were living in to spend time with him every day, all day. So there was another person every hour of the day, stimulating him, reading the newspaper to him, talking to him, wow. etc. After eight months, uh, this guy uh, opened his eyes, was able to uh, answer uh, what is the derivative of x square. Wow. And uh, his wife told me, you brought my husband back. And that's someone, something that no one ever told me. 
And I thought, you know, I had a lot of publications and I was very proud, you know, when the publication was received, but this is nothing compared to this sentence. So I was happy yeah. that science could actually do something like this. Yeah, that's an incredible story, Nathan. And you kind of just took us to the room. I felt like I was there and it's incredible, right? When, when everything on the outside is telling you no, then you have a technology that could tell you yes, there's actually something going on there. And kudos to the family and, the, and just the friends that, that were able to work with the caretakers and caregivers to help them turn around. And nice job, man. That's amazing. Thank you. So that's just that you, you can't, that's a, a fulfillment that uh, no paper can get you. And now you're, you're doing it on a, on a broader scale. So I'm definitely excited to see where this goes. Tell us about an exciting project or focus you guys are working on today. So as, as I mentioned before, I think elderly, monitoring elderly mm-hmm. is uh, certainly uh, one that uh, we are most exciting these days. As you know, uh, pharmaceutical companies really uh, are failing in providing novel uh, medications to deal with uh, neurodegenerative disorders. And um, part of it is the inability to uh, do inexpensive screening of uh, large population to find the right ones uh, that actually uh, fit the characteristic of a specific uh, drug or to monitor them during the study uh, where compliance is uh, very poor in those patients. And um, the ability to help uh, pharmaceutical companies in uh, developing drugs uh, by providing better screening or monitoring is something we are very excited about. That is very exciting. How about the neuromodulation side of it? Absolutely. So neuromodulation is a huge, huge field and uh, a very untapped uh, field in the sense that people are trying a lot of different modulations, a lot of different parameters. And uh, in some cases, it works wonderfully. And in some cases, it doesn't do anything. And the ability to get feedback that enables um, them to uh, know when it works, what works better, it's kind of the difference between uh, learning to dance in front of a mirror versus learning to dance in the dark. And we mm-hmm. trying to provide such a mirror uh, to neuromodulation as well. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's definitely an area where I think it's an art, not necessarily having those objective biomarkers like you guys are working on developing. So it's promising for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. So getting close to the end here, Nathan, fascinating work that you're up to. And thank you for sharing all of this uh, updates with us. Let's pretend you and I are, are building a, a short syllabus for the listeners on improving outcomes based off the work that you do. I've got a couple questions for you that are lightning round. So I'll ask them. You'll have brief answers. And then we'll follow that with a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Sure. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think to... Uh provide ways to prevent and to early, early detect problems before they occur. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? To stay, uh, to do more of the same and uh, not to think outside of the box, uh, specifically not to take advantage of the uh, mass amount of sensors, chemical and electrical sensors uh, that are out there now and are being developed. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Actually read uh, about uh, these uh, developments, participate in the right conferences. For example, there's uh, a blog, applyside.com, that uh, actually my wife is uh, editing, and it does uh, try to uh, list uh, the most advanced uh, innovations in this field. Applyside.com, that's a good one. And what's an area of focus that drives everything in your organization, Nathan? 
to provide the solutions that don't have to be the best, but have to be good enough to improve intervention. So listen to the caregivers, find out what it is that they're looking for, and try to provide exactly uh, something that can improve their assessment and lead to better intervention. Love it. These next two are on more on a personal note. What is your number one health habit? Running. Um, I didn't mention it before when I was giving those uh, staggering uh, numbers about uh, elderly, but the biggest risk reduction of uh, dementia and neurodegenerative disorders is um, physical activity. Is that right? Yes, and I like to run. That's awesome, Nathan. And, and so, you know, I meant to ask you this earlier. So why do you think the numbers are increasing so much? I mean, you, you kind of gave us a future timeline of what these neurodegenerative disorders, the number of people they're going to affect. I mean, why do you think it's increasing so much? Is it an age thing? Is it a lifestyle thing? Well, you know, Yuval Noah Harari is making an issue about the fact that these days, more people are uh, dying as a result of uh, obesity uh, mm -hmm. versus uh, dying as a result of uh, not eating enough. And uh, that is part of it. Uh, so part of it is uh, eating too much, eating poorly, and not exercising. If we add to this the increase in life expectancy right. from the age of 75 and up, the probability of uh, neurodegenerative jumps by a factor of two every five years. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, the combination of, of, of these three things, fascinating. And what is your number one success habit? I don't know if I have a number one success. I'm trying to stay focused, trying to keep uh, a list of what I need to do. So whenever I uh, find myself having a little time and I don't remember what I need to do, I can actually go to that uh, and that helps me stay focused. Love it. What book would you recommend uh, to the listeners, aside from your publications and works? Well, that's a very, very difficult um, question because uh, there's so many books in different areas. But I would say that the book that uh, kind of was shocking to me or was totally outside of my envelope is a book by Lawrence Hirsch, who is a professor uh, of medicine at uh, Yale University. And it is called An Atlas of EEG, where he describes uh, in really painfully diligent way uh, specific changes in EEG as a result of uh, specific uh, brain uh, problems. And for me, not coming from the medical field, but coming from the signal processing field, that was kind of amazing to make a correlation between what I read there, which was more described in medical terms and uh, correlating that with signal processing. Amazing. Atlas of EEG. Folks, uh, you, could, you could find our entire interview transcript as well as a short version of the syllabus that we just put together for you. Go to outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar, type in Nathan Intretor, I-N-T-R-A-T-O-R, or just type in Neurosteer. You'll find everything there, including links to the book he recommended, link to his company. This has been a ton of fun, Nathan. I'd love if you could just uh, leave us with a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could follow your work. So as you said, uh, follow my work is definitely uh, on the uh, Neurosteer uh, website or Facebook or LinkedIn. And uh, I really need help in uh, improving uh, the outcomes of elderly, of uh, people uh, during the middle time of their lives, dealing with anxiety, depression, etc., cetera, uh, and later with uh, the very early days of uh, infancy, maybe the first year of uh, babies. And uh, I'm very happy if you approach me and suggest uh, what it is that uh, you can do to help us. That would be great. A great call to action there, Nathan. And if you're listening to this, 
feel like you have some answers or some collaborative uh, uh, strength, reach out to Nathan. Definitely a great opportunity to collaborate. Uh, love the work that you're up to. Appreciate that you shared it with us, Nathan, and uh, definitely looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks for sharing your time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 